A big thank you to Sharesies who are sponsoring today's episode. I'm stoked to be working with Sharesies because they make investing easy, accessible and inclusive for everyone, regardless of how much money you have. There's no minimum investment, so you can get started with whatever you can afford. Plus, there's no jargon, lots of brands to choose from. They give you tools to learn if you're just starting out on your investing journey. You can download the app or check them out at www.sharesies.nz. I'll be sharing a special offer for you at the end of today's episode too. Kia ora guys and welcome back to Māori Millionaire. Today we are here with Brooke who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Sharesies. So know my hi to my Brooke. Um, did you want to share a bit about yourself, where you're from and what got you started with Sharesies? Kia ora koutou, ko Brooke Yeah, I'm Brooke, I'm one of the co-founders, as you said, um, of Sharesies. It's such an honour to be here with you today, so thanks so much for your time. It's been cool to catch up over a cuppa just before this too. <laughs> I feel like we've talked for days. Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me. Oh, cool. Um, I think I read somewhere that your first investment was through Sharesies, is mm. that right? Mm-hmm. So what, what got you started with investing? Yeah, I think in terms of investing... Uh, like buying shares, it was through sharesies. Even though I tried other, I tried to do ASB securities and things like that, but the price barrier was just kind of high for me at that time when I was at university. But I still feel like my first investments were in my uh, were in my siblings, really. Like my sister supporting her through um, high school and my brother too, and I really felt like what I was doing at that time in my life was investing and so I, that's kind of my broader definition of it I guess. That's so lovely and I think from a Te Māori perspective that's definitely what investing kind of means to me and about um, people over Pūtia but mm. um, yeah that's really really cool. So what would you kind of define investing as? Oh where yeah where you see uh, when you put money into something and you see it grow in some way I feel like and that's a very basic example, <laughs> but whether that be yeah, in um, investing in funds and shares, and either that you know they're growing in value, or you're growing through learning more about investing and how the world works, and uh, and also investing in things you care about. Um, when like we're investing in shares and funds, and seeing that knowing that you're investing in companies to then help support jobs or create goods and services that are needed in the world, it's like you know that's. Um, there's things that are growing off the back of it and then also on people you know when you, you see the growth in them and you see the what they are needing in their life but that's yeah sometimes seen a bit more philanthropic I guess but I like to see that as investing in, in the way I see it. That's so awesome. I think you're really inspiring in terms of being a, a woman in this um, very male dominated um, area like finance so what what do you see for the future of young female investors? Yeah, I I kind of fell into finance. When I was at university, I was in a marketing lecture, lecture and they said, put your hand up if you like numbers. And this was my third year at uni. And out of 300 students in the in this lecture hall, only three of us put our hand up. And I was like, oh, I should probably do something with this because I do really, I've always really enjoyed numbers and the accounting economics, you know, at school. Yeah. And so I decided to pick up finance and I'm so glad I did. But yeah, I was like one of th- three woman in the class I think it, it, when I was studying finance wow. um, and same when I went on to study masters in finance and then in my career when I before Sharesies was in um, banking I was often the youngest and the only woman in the room like it was just very it, yeah but uh, I always 
felt like I maybe I was at a time where there was a lot of support too uh, and people wanting to uh, see more women come into investing and see or in finance and I, I have seen a bit of change but there's still a long way to go to make uh, the finance and tech sector and all of that way more inclusive in a way uh, in a lot of ways definitely so what is the story behind Sheezies and why was it started yeah so there's six of us that co-founded Sheezies nearly six years ago wow. this month <laughs> later this month I was like that time is flowing can't believe it but Anyway, I'm saying six years, and uh, we all got together because we really believe that everyone deserves an equal opportunity to grow their wealth, and with the technology available then and today, there's just no reason that someone with $5 or $5 million can't have the same money opportunities. So Leighton and I, um, who co-founded, were also husband and wife, and we were um, playing with business ideas on the side and, and thought that there was something we could be doing in the fintech space to really use our skills and drive some change we wanted to see, and we um, got connected to Sonia, or Leighton did, who was who had the initial idea behind Sharesies. They were working together at the time. And when we all got together in a room, you know, however that happened, pretty quick after that, there were six of us in a room and we all decided, yeah, let's, let's go see if we can do this. Let's go see if we can make investing more accessible and uh, the ability for people to develop wealth. But before we go and do that, let's go see if people actually want that or if this is actually a problem to solve. So... We spent six months just doing pure customer research, listening to people, learning what money meant to them, how they thought about it, uh, what they felt, how they felt about money. Were they an investor already? If they weren't, what do they think about an investor? Would they want to be an investor? Is that something they want to be and why? And from all of that and all the insights, we learned so much, but it really gave us the impetus or, oh my gosh, we have to solve this. And so Leighton, Sonia and I quit our jobs and went full time. The other co-founders joined shortly long after. And yeah, the rest is history. It's our life work now. (laughs) That is so cool. And the office here is so wonderful. So (laughs) you should be really proud of yourself, all of you guys. It's definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, It's quite weird to think where it's come to now from, I don't know, used to be pumping um in a room that had like a big blanket over a window so people couldn't <laughs> see and now we have you know a, a, a beautiful wellness room that people have and it has a fridge and curtains it's just like it's um it's nice people would have a bit more of a high quality experience i guess when they're doing things like that that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> what makes sharesies unique as opposed to other investing platforms we really care about uh you know everyone having an equal opportunity to grow wealth and that's really seen and that's something that we really focus on and how we build sharesies we also uh we are a b corp and that's just an accreditation for what how we've set up sharesies in terms of we really care about stakeholders not just shareholders we even have that in our company constitution so that's like how are we um, impacting the community how do we you know support our team how do we uh, you know, work well uh, in terms of government governance uh, setup, so board and things like that. How are we impacting the environment and making sure that we're really having a positive impact as much as possible and measuring that. And so that's been an ethos that's really driven us from day one. And I think those things are fundamentally different, along with the product offering we have. You know, that where you, you can invest however much you want when you mm. want on an, on sharesies. Uh, there's no minimum investment. We use everyday language. And uh, we really try and remove as many barriers as possible that people have to developing wealth and 
created our platform really to support people developing long-term wealth definitely i really agree with that like i don't know another um investing platform that literally has cartoons after you um (laughs) (laughs) invest money i know i'm like (laughs) what what strategy do you use when it comes to investing myself yeah oh i yeah there's so many different strategies out there there's a lot of research that says women are more likely to be buy and hold investors, like mm. investing in things that they think uh, what they want to see in the world, you know, maybe a bit more sustainable investment options and is backing them. And I would say predominantly I am like that. I really care about making sure my money is going towards things that are building the future I want to see and holding that and can, you know, and not looking at it too often, but the, but also going and checking in and going, is this, is there anything new that I should be investing in? But mostly I use more of like an auto-invest investment. Mm. Um, and then if there's opportunities come up, like capital raises or other actions to get involved in, you know, rights offers and all that, that fun stuff, I'll, I'll look at that. Uh, or if I hear of a company or a fund doing really cool things and I want to be really supporting that, I'll go into that. So a little bit more sporadic than what I thought I would be doing when I was at university, which was, <laughs> you know, all, all um, fundamental analysis and all these kind of things, you know, and really it's it's about, it's long-term investing in things I believe in and, and really supporting that. That's, that's so me. cool. <laughs> why, why do you think it's important to investors, especially as a woman and, um, or just in general? Yeah. So if we go to the woman element we're more likely to live longer so we've got more time on this earth typically Mm. we're more likely to earn less so we've got more time but our money needs to stretch further Mm. and we're more likely to take a career break whether that be to have children or look after um whanau members like there's so many reasons why a career break could happen so with all of that we are ultimately starting more with a back foot in terms of got all this time we need money to stretch further mm. and we're more likely to earn less unfortunately and I do hope all of that changes but with that in mind that means that we really need to be thinking about how we're supporting our futures and the futures of those around us you know knowing that we're going to be taking that time to support people potentially or you know how can we support the community more like that is a big part of um investing too and so we've got that time when how do we make the most of it with amounts that we can afford and build that wealth over time so ultimately we get to a place of more equity that's so awesome Mm. and and when when do you think that is a right time to start investing do you think someone should be investing or like as from a young age or um when when do you think uh so what's that quote like uh um, if not investing the best time to invest was uh, yesterday oh, and if yeah. not yesterday today you know yeah. it's like you're probably <laughs> reading this like, um, the, the best time to invest was 10 years ago and the second best time to invest was today yeah 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 that's, that's <laughs> it yeah uh, and so uh, the so the most what I learned in my first lecture at university which I was like how did I not know this was the equation of the time value of money, yeah. which essentially is saying the most valuable aspect of money is time. So it doesn't matter how much money, the, the longer you have investing and, and being able to get access to compounding returns, the the, the you know the, the more likely that that's going to develop into you know wealth in the long term. And I think that's something that 
I wish I knew earlier and I wish in society we'd set up things so that people could really know that as early as possible and be able to leverage that as much as possible too. Totally. So what what ways do you think we could get into it from a younger age to kind of optimise that? Oh, I've got heaps of ideas on that. <laughs> we, we, we do offer shares, uh, kids' accounts on Sharesy so people can uh, invest uh, on behalf of any well-meaning adult can invest on behalf of a child as soon as you've got their birth certificate, uh, essentially, uh, which, you know, maybe a few weeks old. And uh, we also have partnered with Plunkett this year too to su- support uh, anybody that's, um, you know, got a peppy going through Plunkett and uh, being able to learn a bit more about investing and get and access to a, a bit of putia to, to, to kickstart. Mm. So that's a really important way. I, I have been thinking a bit about how could we – you know, there's a lot of chat out there about universal basic income, but what about like universal basic wealth and how could we start kind of like a KiwiSaver but with less rules on it, like starting from a kid's, from a kid. Mm. And I'm intrigued to model out if we started that as soon as kids were born, there was a certain amount of money put away and then they could get access to it at some point. Would that eliminate poverty? I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And support that. I think from a young age, I think the the best thing that we can be doing is is self educating and mm. you know learning these skills like investing so that we can you know help to um, build more equitable outcomes so mm. that's really crazy and it was really funny before this episode we were talking about um, juggling everything in terms of life and stuff so <laughs> funnily um, one of my questions was how ba- how do you balance living in the moment with planning and investing in your future. What do you mean by that? Like, I guess, I guess, um, a lot of the questions I get is like, how do you, oh, do I still like, you know, go to concerts and things like that? Um, <laughs> as opposed to just investing all my money. And I, my, my response is always like, you know, you have to make sure that it's balanced. Otherwise, you're not going to stay consistent. And, um, and that's my kind of strategy mm. is to, you know, be consistent and set an amount and still live my life because that's that's what we're doing. So how how do you approach that and how do you kind of balance living in the moment while still taking care of your future? Yeah, it's like we're humans, eh? Like we've got to enjoy this life we've got um, yeah. or find ways that we can and, uh, and that's not giving up everything, and you know, for just your future you either, but also realising like we want to be able to support our future selves and um, and then others potentially in the future too more. So mm. how can we put amounts we can afford away uh, every payday or so and, and build it up over time? I think for me, I, I have to manage my money personality. I can be kind of impulsive um, mm. and I've had to find a way to really manage that, especially when we started Sharesies and we weren't any, earning any money either. I was like, oh, good, I really have to <laughs> figure out how I, you know, be a lot smarter with it too. But having that auto-invest is really helpful because it's like, cool, I know that, that that you're putting a bit away from my future or my kids' future and that, and you know, and others hopefully – that, that's happening and then I'm like so then for me how can I uh, make sure that I'm managing the rest of my money and you know in a way that that works but I don't want people feeling like they can't live either mm. you know like if they if they're just I've got to put it all away because you know it's like that guilt it's like I think that's another thing when it comes to money we have so much guilt and shame around it we always feel like we're not doing the right thing and what the right thing is you'll know for you and it's just getting that balance right and that consistency is so important I remember when I ran um, savings and investment accounts and banking, did he- we did heaps of analysis in terms of what makes somebody 
actually have a growing savings balance or growing investing balance. And essentially it was naming the account, um, having an automatic payment, auto inve- automatic investment, you know, going away and having a goal. And so if you can do that, you're more likely to be consistent because you remember why you're doing it, mm, I mm. think, is, is kind of important. So when you have those times of going, oh, this concert or actually maybe, you know, this yeah. thing instead, just going, well, what, what actually is my goal here and what am I working towards at the moment? And then how am I optimizing for that? Mm, I really agree with that. Like you have to have something you're working towards. Otherwise, yeah. um, there's going to be no motivation there. So um definitely who who kind of inspires you in your in your career or in life in general um my grandparents probably you know I think there's a lot of philosophies that they taught me or ways I watched them and I think I learned a lot from that and I I naturally think about it often you know I think there's a lot to learn from how they acted there's this is kind of odd maybe but Sometimes in a child and, you know, and me or in us, like I feel like sometimes like that real curiosity. Do you know what I mean? I see you relating. I was like, you know, like that's quite inspiring sometimes. Honestly. What would would I do if I, So at the bottom, um, I was at the Waitangi Tribunal hearings last week um, for those listening that don't know. And at the the bottom of the building, there's a little sign next to the cafe and it says something like... um, just remember that that little dreamer that you once were and don't let that little guy down, um, which is, yeah, quite relatable, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then by micro moments, eh? Uh, like when I see, you know, I was at a, um, a small business this morning and I just saw the owner, you know, they had about 15 staff there, but this owner was, they were obviously a bit short-staffed. And this owner was out there vacuuming, helping this team, like just right in there. And I just like, I love seeing that. I love seeing yeah. just, just she, she'd obviously created this real like whānau vibe there and they're all pitching in. And I think that's the type of leaders and that's the type of people that inspire me when they're just there doing what they're passionate about and bringing people along and supporting them on the way. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, what are your favourite investing resources? Can I say Sheezy's? <laughs> <laughs> the I Sheezy's mean, kind blog? of now, like, yeah. it is. It's a lot of what uh, I, you know, I follow you. I follow um, She's on the Money and Girls That Invest. I really enjoy watching that, you know, the uh, insights and the communities that come around that. Uh, and then, yeah, I think a lot of it these days it just feels a lot more accessible I think access to information and what's happening in the markets or, mm. uh, or what news and uh, the conversations we have around shares or the links we share with each other and uh, our internal like, Slack channel is you know is, is probably where I got a lot of my information now too yeah, along yeah. with reading the news Mm, the news offers so many like just random things that you just wouldn't even think of um even about like the OCR rates and stuff yeah they just I I make sure I have my notifications on for the Herald so that I can just you know like even if you're just reading one line um (laughs) yeah if you don't have time to read the whole article just you know knowing that it's gone up or whatever's like whatever happens yeah I don't have many notifications on but I do for stuff the Australian Financial Review and um Wall Street Journal. I don't have an account for Wall Street Journal, but you can still get the um, notifications. So that's kind of like, oh, okay, I got a bit of news. And then yeah. you can... <laughs> so a bit cheap, I guess. 
oh my gosh that's me too like (laughs) I swear even if I was on like a really big income I would still be so stingy when it comes to subscriptions oh yeah it's like can add up (laughs) yeah definitely um what about your top finance related book we were talking earlier eh, about rich dad poor dad now I read that years ago I I was 11 I think you said you were 8 or something yeah. so what an awesome 8 year old I hope my daughter can read like that when she's 8 and, uh, and I I can't say I remember everything in it you yeah. know <laughs> it's quite a few years ago now but I remember that being the first kind of one I read and um, I felt like I, in some ways I could relate it because I I, I saw two worlds I felt like when I was growing up like yeah. my I was my mum's only child and my dad I'm one of five and just the difference in you know money and everything it was just so different and I could see how actually family family values are so crucial like I I felt like I want to find a way where there's both you know Mm. but um so that was really interesting and learning about compounding returns all of those interesting things would that as 11 year old was quite good to know I also felt like I got a lot of money lessons that I didn't realize from um yeah my family and my mum you know just how the things that how I learned about foreign exchange when we had somebody stay with us who was from Malaysia and they gave me a Malaysian like $50 note and then my family was like do you want this $5 New Zealand note or this $50 Malaysian note and (laughs) then figuring out like what one was worth more and it was just fascinating uh and I couldn't get my head around it when I was really young but now I'm like oh cool that was actually quite a good lesson you know yeah yeah wow and it's not a book (laughs) (laughs) so what is your favorite book (laughs) rich dad poor dad I guess I have to go with that at the moment because that's the earliest one I don't know if I could call it my favorite I think there's so many great books out there now definitely we've also got one coming up which is pretty exciting she is oh (laughs) just dropping it (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool yeah um will the co-founders be writing it yeah. I feel like we do you want me to edit that out? No, no, no. I think it's fine. It's online for pre orders or something. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Didn't even Next say year. That. Next year. Next year. That's yeah. exciting. Um, just randomly, um, finance is a really kind of unique degree to go into. What made you want to study finance? Yeah, it honestly was that lecture, I feel, was like, oh, I should do that. Because I really felt, for me, my degree was lacking something, like mm. really analytical, something I could, uh, I quite enjoyed maths, I guess, and I felt like, I was like, that's it. And then I felt this really interesting insight. I think you were talking about finance and law before, and I had, you know, marketing and international business and finance, and I feel like they were really great to come together. Yeah. But yeah. when I was studying, they were like, what are you doing? My <laughs> finance lecturer was like, what are you studying marketing for? All you want to do is learn how to stock shelves. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, that's not that, you know, that was a yeah. perception of what marketing was. It's like, no, marketing's about connecting with people and learning, you know, about how to, um, yeah, there's just so much insight in marketing mm. and, and really understanding people and connecting. And then there's the finance side, which is like, you know, real, it was all about hedging and investing and business economics. And I found all of that really fascinating. And then coming together, I, I feel like we get to do a lot at Sharesies and have mm. in, my, in my career. And so I really enjoyed pulling those two together <laughs> for myself. What, what's your favorite investing saying? I do like that one. It's not timing the market it's time in the market yeah. I do like that I I do uh yeah 
And that one I was thinking about earlier is that, you know, as you grow, we all grow. And it's like, you know, as we grow in terms of our knowledge with investing and wealth development and how money works and, you know, getting more access to those opportunities and building that confidence and motivation when it comes to money and investing, we share that and every and others around us can grow, whether it be, you know, our our tamariki, our children, or, you know, our wairafano, hapu, or the community in general, like as we start all learning a bit more about this and unlocking these barriers that have been there when it comes to developing wealth or, you know, and the more people know about this and have this information, ultimately I think the better off we'll all be too. Mm, I agree. And I think we were talking about that too before, you know, um, by raising the bottom, we're going to be able to benefit. Um, mm. Everyone will benefit from that. Mm. What What would you say is the best thing about um, being the co-founder, co-CEO of Sharesies? so many great things I don't know how to say the best thing I think I there's a sense of play in it all you know mm. like and I don't mean like play a game I mean like there's this it's so fun I guess <laughs> you know it's like it's really hard it's incredibly challenging I'm like my mind stretched I don't know you know like I'm learning things on the daily and I'm just like oh I don't know how to solve this but we'll figure <laughs> it out you know it's like it's a, I I enjoy um that challenge and ultimately it's just so rewarding working with all these incredible people who have come on this journey with us and the community that's supporting us and you know just it's just really uh it's a real privilege to be able to be creating this uh but also it's really motivating I think because there's so much more to do like when we started Sharesies we thought there's just this one door shut, you know, and then you're like, <sighs> you go in that room and you find out there's like all these other doors that are shut, you know, <laughs> and it's like, man, there's so much more to do to make sure that people really get access to these opportunities and also build their confidence and motivation. And uh, there's, you know, a social movement starting to happen. There's a lot more talk about money and investing and that removing that taboo, which is exciting, but there's so much more to go. So very determined and motivated in that regard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're both very talkative. I feel like we could yeah. just continue to talk <laughs> <Yeah>, forever. <laughs> but Yeah, I um, want to hear more on your side too. <laughs> <laughs> I need to interview you. <laughs> um but I'm so grateful for you being able to share um a, a small section of your life and um share this with my audience um and the community. Um so thank you so much for, for sharing um what you had to say today. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> we have a very special offer for the Māori Millionaire community today. If you'd like to try Shearsies, you can use the promo code PUTEA, P-U-T-E-A, for a $10 kickstart to your account. To sign up, download the app or head over to www.shearsies.nz. Investing involves risk, you aren't guaranteed to make money, and you might lose the money you started with. The terms and conditions and fees do apply. Check out the podcast description for more information. Thank you guys for joining in on yet another podcast episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Māori Millionaire with an underscore. Māori ora.